This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a super age? So today we have a very interesting fellow on the show, Dr. Bill Dorfman. And before I go any further, uh, if you want to know anything about Dr. Bill, check out his Instagram, Dr. Bill Dorfman. So I get this picture, right? And what it is, is the cover of GQ UK. And the cover story says, how to work out over 60. Okay, great. But then there's the photo. And it's Dr. Bill. And Dr. Bill is there without his shirt on, and he looks like he's about 20. Now, he's, he's 61. He's the same age I am. Now, I'm a pretty spunky guy. I work out. I think I'm pretty healthy. Dr. Bill, though, this is like another level. And I'm thinking, i got to find out about this guy. So, um, so I do a little research on Dr. Bill, and I dive through his Instagram, which you guys got to check this out. <laughs> and I read about him. So, you know, Bill's got a best book, of course, called Smile. He's the celebrity dentist to the stars, um, Mark Wahlberg, on and on and on. He's done their smiles. He's incredibly gifted at what he does, which is uh, cosmetic dentistry, making people's teeth look great but look natural. Uh, and he's also, he's got a lot of TV experience. He's done, he was on Extreme Makeover. He was on The Doctors. But you got to check out what this guy looks like. And so that's why we're going to talk to Dr. Bill today. We're going to give him a ring, and we're going to find out how does this guy do what he does. He, I mean, he, in his own language, he says that he's not normal. He's not really human in some ways. So what is he? I don't know. Let's find out. Today's show with Dr. Bill is brought to you by our friends at Elysium Health. You know how enthusiastic I am about being healthy and tracking my health. I've been taking their NAD Plus supplement basis for years. I monitor my biological age with Index, and now they've released the second supplement called Matter. It's a long-term brain health product created in partnership with none other than Oxford University. Um, it contains, um, among other things, uh, an omega-3. And a lot of us take omega-3 supplements, but you might want to think about switching to Matter because it contains a superior omega-3 that's three to four times more bio- bioavailable than the standard omega um, if you go to the website, uh, Elysium Health, they'll tell you all about that. But today, so the deal is, uh, Super Age listeners can get 15% off Matter uh, by visiting explorematter.com slash superage. Use the promo code superage. That's explorematter.com slash superage and the promo code superage. Uh, I take Matter every day. I tell all my friends, you might want to take this thing every day. You might want to have a look at it because, you know, the scary thing is even if you're healthy, you lose like 20% of your brain volume over your lifespan. And I am not down with that. So anything I can do to protect my brain, keep my brain health, I'm in it. Hey, Dr. Bill, how are you today? I am cooped up, but I'm okay. Surviving. Oh, Oh, yeah. Life in quarantine. Wow. Um, I got to say, you are, um, I'm 61, and I think that I'm in pretty good shape. Um, you, you're just like 
I, I don't know, you look like a superhero. Uh, I, I, gotta, I gotta understand this. So um, how often do you work out? That's so funny that you say superhero. I, literally, <laughs> yeah, people tell me I'm not human and, and I'm starting to believe it. Um, I work out every day. Um, pretty much, here I am as a superhero, uh, pretty much every day. Uh, my regular workout routine is on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I do a half hour of abs and then a half hour of cardio. I'll either bike, uh, run, or swim. Now, I haven't physically been outside and, and jogged in probably 20 years until this week. Mm -hmm. I usually just, when I go to the gym, I go on the treadmill and I do it there. And um, so with the whole Corona thing and isolation, I actually really love doing it at night. I do it right when yeah. the sun sets. Right. That way I don't have to put on sunscreen and wear a hat and all that. And yeah. um, it's just, it's a really beautiful time of night to go. So I've been, I've been doing that. I stopped swimming because of Corona. I don't know if it can live in chlorine or not, but I'm not going to risk it or find out. And um, so, yeah, I started jogging again. I, I literally, I, the last time I really jogged on a regular basis was in dental school. Yeah. Um, and then on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, I lift weights. Okay. And um, I think the real key, especially with guys our age, is A, to be consistent, B, don't kill yourself. Like I don't lift heavy. I never did. I lift very moderate amounts with a lot of repetitions, but I've been doing this my whole life, David. So this is, you know, you asked me about my recovery. I don't really need a recovery. This is my body's just used to it. I've always done this. Uh, I've never not worked out in my entire life. Um, so Dr. Bill, I got to tell you, um, you're, uh, you're exceptional in a number of ways, but I, I, I've talked to a lot of people who are like really athletic that are our age and almost everybody, myself included, the, the name of the game is recovery because it's, I find like my recovery now is like a whole different ball game than I was like 40 or 50. Um, so I've really got to modulate what I do so I don't um, like overtrain, but you don't, like we earlier, I said recovery. You said, "What do you, What do you mean recovery? Like it's extraordinary." <laughs> David, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you how crazy how crazy this is. It's like when you when you do you know TV talk shows, you know Oprah, Ellen, Rosie, any of those shows. What they do is they take you and they put you in a little room with a producer, and they'll ask you questions for about an hour, right? Then they'll pick two or three of the ones that they really like. And then when you go shoot your segment live, they're going to ask you those things because they already know that they like that. They know what you're gonna say, right? Mm -hmm. The only two people who ever don't do that, that I've been interviewed by are Larry King, because they want, and, and Oprah, they want your right. raw, unfiltered answer, right? Right. 
So Oprah says to me, Dr. Bill, you have had a career so unusual in the dental world. Like, what was it that inspired you to think outside the box so much? And I thought for a second, I said, Oprah, <laughs> I didn't even know there was a box. <laughs> That's how I felt about your recovery question. Like, <laughs> what recovery? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm, I mean, a lot of my friends tell me I'm not human. Maybe I'm not. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly think, David, it's because I've never not exercised. L let me tell you how this whole thing started. Sure. Dentistry. I, I was always an athlete growing up. I was a gymnast. I was a swimmer. I, I was always very active. When I started dental school, for the first time in my life, I became less active. And what happened is as we got in the clinic and we started doing physical dentistry, I had pain, my back, my neck, I was miserable. Mm. And so I started reading and I thought, you know, I, I need to strengthen these muscles. I, I never even worked out with a trainer. I, I just, I did some research and, and I realized that if I'm always bending this way, I have to balance the muscles on the other side. So I right. started doing a lot of exercise at the gym. Boom, the pain went away. Right. As soon as I stopped exercising, I was in pain. So where a lot of people want to exercise because they want to like look good and that was never my deal. I, you know, the, the physical attributes were, were a bonus, but for me, I couldn't do the profession I loved unless I exercised. And I have made it uh, like my religion. I go every single day. And um, in 2010, we sold, you know, in addition to being a dentist, I also started up the world's largest tooth whitening company called Discus Dental. And we sold that in 2010. And from that time on, I've worked out even more because I have more free time. So I'm not doing dentistry. 80 hours a week. I, I'm literally doing dentistry about 20 hours a week, spending the rest of, of my time doing philanthropy and TV shows and stuff like that. And I have even more time to work out. So I would say at the age of 61 right now, I'm probably in the best shape of my life. You know, I'm stronger than I was in my 20s. I go to the gym with guys in their 20s and I run circles around them. Yeah. I bet. Now, yeah. they can catch up a lot faster, like if they True. get on a repeat. But, you know, and I'm not, and my whole deal is like, I don't want to get bigger. I don't, I just want to maintain, you know what I mean? If I can just maintain a good body mass, be, I, I work on flexibility, I work on endurance, I work on, you know, and, and I don't work on heavy strength. Most of the exercises I do are really pull-ups, sit-ups, I mean, things using my own body strength, you know, and when I'm lifting, it's not heavy weights. Heavy weights for guys our age is the worst. It ruins your joints. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to this recovery thing, which I find- What recovery? <laughs> the most extraordinary thing about you, uh, you know, professional athletes, um, they, you know, guys in their 20s, they install- um, cryotherapy tanks in their houses to recover. Um, other people, they have a whole, you know, there's a certain sort of, um, there's a whole recovery industry out there. 
And I find it extraordinary that, that you don't even, that it doesn't, it's not in your world at all. This is amazing I, to I, me. <laughs> you know what? Somebody convinced me to do that cryotherapy thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I lasted 20 seconds. And I said, no way. First of all, <laughs> first of all, there's, this is so unnatural. Like, I honestly believe we were built, you can say by God or whoever it is, we were built, you know, a certain way. And cryotherapy was not in the mix. Like, cavemen <laughs> no, didn't do cryotherapy. You know, and anything that I do that's going to take my testicles two hours to descend again can't be good. <laughs> so I, I'm not doing cryotherapy. That's it's not for me. Um, yeah, somebody's going to do like some kind of blood analysis on you, man. Um, um, uh, unusual, really unusual. Um, so wow uh so you're doing what you're doing like push-ups and um uh bands and lighter weights a lot of reps so like how many reps are you doing so my standard exercise i do 10 reps with just a, a moderate amount of weight like I, I mean i've been doing this for so long you know i don't i i use enough weight that I can still do 10 reps. Um, and if I went up five more pounds, I probably couldn't do 10 reps. So that's where I like to do. And then I'll do two sets. Um, bands, not big on bands. Um, I like weights more. And um, I'll tell you a funny thing about push-ups. So I'm in a mastermind group of dentists. There's 10 guys in there. And one of them, my friend Jeff, who lives in San Diego, and you have to tell me when this comes out because he's going to love hearing. He started doing push-ups and sit-ups every day. That's all he does, push-ups and sit-ups every day. The guy is a little older than us, David. He can do 100 push-ups in a row. Now, my, my record, and this was like I wasn't training for to, but my record that I've ever done was 80 he can do 100 in a row and he's doing over a thousand push-ups a day and he just like especially with corona he's got nothing to do so he goes and he just he does these sets of push-ups and it's just crazy and he's older than us and he's not in as good a shape as we are but he started doing he's been doing this for two years Yesterday, he told me he did 1,500 push-ups. <laughs> it's nuts. That's nuts, I man. That's ask him really about nuts. The recovery thing because I don't think he's heard of it either. <laughs> wow. Uh, what do you guys eat? What, I, I mean, like, what do you? Well, that's the well, other What's thing the deal, so man? <laughs> I had this patient come in once, and... Um, he was large. He was a very large man. He was so large that we had to take the armrests off of the dental chair for him to sit. And one day I just, you know, to make conversation, uh, I said, I said, sir, you know, what business are you in? He says, my company makes <laughs> junk food. 
<laughs> and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, hey, I said, maybe you can bring in some samples. A lot of my other patients that are in the food industry, you know, bring in things for my, for my, for my team to try. And he looks at me and he didn't say, what do you eat? He says, do you eat? <laughs> do you eat? I, I do. I mean, I, I, but I'm not vegan. I'm not this. I'm not, I, I just eat smart. You know, I, I don't, you know, gorge. I, you know, I, I eat, you know, cookies and cake and, but I just don't eat like the whole cake. I'll have a piece, you know, right. uh, normally my go-to dessert when I go out, I'll have a little bowl of sorbet, you know, and I eat healthy. I don't eat fatty things. I don't eat fried things, very little dairy. And I'll tell you another one that I think is a really, really big component in, in why I'm as lean as I am and, 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 and really have like, you know, the ab structure I have is I don't drink at all. Zero. Right. I haven't had alcohol since, since I could have alcohol. Like when I was 21, I'm like, eh, I don't even like this. And, and I just, I was, um, I was, I was already like not a big fan and, and I was doing Big Brothers um, in dental school. And my little dude was um, from a very abusive alcoholic family. Mm -hmm. And, at, you know, at the end of dental school, at our last outing together, I said, Michael, swear to me, you will never drink because your mom's an alcoholic, your dad, your aunts, your uncles, your brother. Like, and we know there's a big genetic component. He said, Dr. Bill, I promise I won't if you make the same promise. And I did, and I kept it. And so, you know, my go-to joke is I, I'd rather have a six-pack than a keg. And <laughs> I, I literally haven't had alcohol since I was 21. So, um, what's your body fat percentage? Like one? What do you mean body fat? Zero. Body, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a standing not. joke. So another thing, so we haven't gotten into this, but I have a very um, robust foundation called LEAP. It's a motivational leadership program for high school and college kids. And I get right about on. 400 kids come to UCLA. It's a nonprofit. And we get great speakers at it. Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Eva Longoria, Kathy Bates, Michael Strahan, Apollo Ono, Jonathan Bennett, Paula Abdul. I go on and on and on. Um, and um, one of the things I teach at LEAP is that you should get a physical every year and do it on your birthday. That way you don't forget. So I had this annual birthday physical, right? And the standing joke between me and my physician is when I come in, um, he says, should we measure your body fat? I'm like, doc, it's zero. He goes, that's right. And then he just writes <laughs> zero in the chart. But honestly, he did measure it and it was about five. Yeah, five is like um, competitive bodybuilder sort of. Yeah, body. but I don't like Incredible. do drugs or anything like that. Right. I'm just, I'm just, an, I'm like just a natural, real guy. I've yeah. never had, I've never been fat. I've, right. I, okay, I'm 61 years old. Okay, I'm going to tell you all the weird stuff about me. Yeah, I, I, I love weird stuff, man. Bring it on, Dr. Bill. Are you ready? Number one. Okay, I'm 61, right? In my entire life, 
in my, I am talking in 61 years, I have never had a bad night's sleep. Not once, not once. I mean, I've never laid in bed and tossed and turned. I lay down, I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm not human. I'm like a machine. I lay down, boom, I just turn off. Like within two or three minutes, I'm asleep. And I sleep like the whole night. Now at our age, you usually have to pee once or maybe twice, which is normal. I do that. I go back to bed, boom, fall right asleep again. Okay, that's not normal. Number no. two, no recovery <laughs> thing. That's not normal. Okay. Um, here's another thing. This is freaky. Are you ready for this? Uh, bring it on, man. So let's say that our interview was at nine o'clock this morning, and I decided I would set my alarm for eight o'clock. I will literally wake up one or two minutes before my alarm. Like almost 90% of the time. And, and I just play with myself to like, to like, like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 7.44. Boom. I wake up at 7.42. And it works in different time zones. Like I'll go to New York. That's three hours later, right? And I'll be like, okay, I need to get up tomorrow morning at 8. I wake up at 7.58. Like, I don't even know how I do that. It's the weirdest, weirdest thing. 90% of the time when I set an alarm, I will wake up like two or three minutes right before that alarm. That's not normal. Um, I, I mean, I have so many weird, my body is literally like a machine. I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's weird. Like I wake up, I, I, like my body just goes into like motion. I wake up, boom. You know, shower, shave, go to the bathroom, have breakfast. It's like, it's incredibly regular. It's, it's bizarre. I'm not real. I, I don't know what it is. I don't try to be weird. It, I just can't come that way. Dr. Pitt, we love you. <laughs> no, I mean, this is awesome. And I'll tell you something else. This is really freaky. I only need like to really function well five or six hours sleep. That's it. Because when I sleep, I'm like a dead person. Oh, are you ready? This is also weird. I go to bed, I lay on my back, and I cross my hands. I'm like a vampire. <laughs> and I don't move. You could literally put a cup of water on my head. It would stay there the whole night. I don't move. I don't turn. I don't, I'm telling you, I'm weird. There's, it's so bizarre. My grandfather, slept three hours a night his entire life. That was it. And he was one of the most brilliant, productive men I've ever seen. I, 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 there's something, maybe I'm a little bit vampire, David. I don't know. Uh, we want to talk about that like dietary additive, um, blood of virgin. What are we doing here? No, I'm making a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot of things I'm really bad at too, by the way. Like, okay, I what are you bad at? Like, this is the first time in my life with this COVID thing that I actually, look, I burned myself. You see that? <laughs> Where is that? Oh, yeah, man. That's bad. Yeah, that's horrible. Well, I, I've never had to cook for myself, ever. Uh, never. I've never cooked a dinner before. I would always just either go out with friends or order takeout. 
or Postmates or something. So for the first time in my life, I'm like cooking. I don't like it. I rather, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, wow. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like we need to like, I, I know a lot of like heavy science people at, at Harvard and MIT. And I feel like we should send you over there and like have them like hook you up to some machine and find out what the deal is. David, I did that. What did they say? Well, extraterrestrial, so what came back? When I was, when I was at UCLA, um, I, I, I grew up poor, like super poor. You know, I got a scholarship to go to school. And, and I mean, I, I was always looking for ways to make money, right? So I'm looking in the Daily Bruin and it said, do you sleep well? I'm like, yes. Would you like to make $1,000? I'm like, yes. Come to the UCLA sleep study. I'm like, all right, cool, right? Painless. So I go and I sign up, right? This will blow your mind. So first thing they do, you come in right before midnight, right? And you fill out all this paperwork. At exactly 12 o'clock, they put 100 electrodes on your body. Okay. And then you go into bed and they want you to sleep until 8 a.m. They want you to sleep eight hours. Number one, 90% of the subjects can't sleep with all those electrodes on, right? For right. me, ah, I was out, <laughs> right? So I, I get in bed, I go to sleep. Um, I don't remember if I woke up like with my timing thing or not, but anyhow, I get up at eight o'clock. At eight o'clock, they want you awake. They put all these, you're still all hooked up for 45 minutes. And then at 8.45, they say, lay back down and sleep for 15 minutes. They tell you to sleep. I would sleep for 15 minutes. And then at nine o'clock, they wake you up and they do that again. You're up for 45 minutes. And then at 9.45, you sleep for 15 minutes. Ten. So you do that for eight cycles, right? I won. <laughs> the average length of time for me to fall asleep from the time they said sleep in each of these was less than two minutes. I went into REM sleep faster than any other subject they had ever seen and stayed in it. That's I'm like, incredible. I'm telling you, I'm not human. There's something physically weird or wrong or strange about it. I don't even know why it's like that. It's just like that. Wow, I don't know what to say to that. Like, I, neither did they. They wanted me to. I, that <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they speechless. Maybe there was an error. <laughs> uh, so, do, like, what's your resting heart rate? Do you know? Oh, my resting heart rate—that's not normal either. <laughs> I did figured. Yeah, of course. It's about fifty-five. Oh, okay. Well, that's not so bad. That's about now, what when I was swimming in high school, it was 42. And every time I would go that's get amazing. checked, they would think I was like dying. Like, are you right. in hibernation? So right. but now since I don't swim as much and run as much, it's about, it's about 55. Right. Right on. Okay. Wow. Okay. 
So I'm glad there's like something that is sort of like me with you. <laughs> you came back and you told me it was 30 or something. I mean, like, oh my God, this guy's a reptile. <laughs> What's the deal? Um, wow, well, super I'll tell cool. You another weird thing about me. <laughs> All right, let's go. To be honest with you, I've never done an interview like this before. This is yes. <laughs> if you ask any of my employees, I keep my office sub zero. Like if I can't see my breath, <laughs> then it's too warm. And everybody in my office have to, has to wear like jackets and sweaters under their scrubs. I just burn, I burn like a, like a lamp, especially when I'm working and doing dentistry. I don't know why I need it like ice cold or else I just get like so hot and foggy, like my mask fogs up and I can't right. see. So uh, if, if you were to exercise hard, do you perspire a lot? No, <laughs> that's another, oh God, I don't <laughs> even sweat. Isn't that weird? You I are mean, a reptile. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If I run a lot and it's hot outside, I'll sweat. Right. Or I took, by the way, don't ever do that hot yoga thing. That no, no, it's horrible. I hate it. I'm yeah, I did up. it once. It was horrid. You sweat so much, you can't see. There's like right. sweat in your eye. Okay. Yeah, but terrible. normally, when I go to the gym, I don't even sweat. I mean, I work out, but I don't sweat. And here's the weirdest thing. Okay, this is another not normal thing. I have like no body odor. Like my wife used to laugh because it, back then I would go jogging and I would come home and my shirt would be wet, you know? And she'd go, oh, put it in the wash. I'm like, yeah, we don't have, I would just hang it up. The next day it was just, it was dry and it was fine. I could wear it again. <laughs> and she's like, you're not, you're not human. It's, I've never done an interview like this before. I'm thinking of all these strange things about myself. <laughs> I, I, Dr. Bill, you're my new science project. Um, this is amazing. So about how many calories do you eat in a day? Do you keep track of it? I've never counted a calorie in my life. Okay. Um, and here's the weird thing, Dave. I have weighed the exact same amount since I've been this size. Like my entire life, I've weighed 156 pounds. My entire life, every year when I go to get a physical and the nurse comes in, says, let's weigh you. I'm like, why? It's going to be 160 pounds. And not only is it 160, it's 160.0. How and, can that be? Uh, I, and I'm so much of this doesn't make to. sense to I'm, me. I'm but not human. So how tall are you? I, I'm, I'm, okay, I used to be... <laughs> I used this to be changes. Well, you know, we all shrink a little, right? A little bit. I used to be almost five ten. Now I'm a little over five nine. So I have shrunken just a teeny bit. How okay. about you? Um, if I've been paying better attention to my posture, because you know, we tend from sitting, you kind of kind of slump over. And so I've been doing a lot more sort of vertical stretching stuff. Um, but I try to keep I'm if I stand up really straight, I'm 5'11 and a half. That's good. Yeah, fine. You know, yeah. I haven't shrunk yet, but. Uh, what do you weigh? Uh, today, probably 168. So, okay. It's okay. I'm not lean like you, though, man. I have, I have body fat. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no one's lean like me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just came out this way. I, on, I'll tell you how weird I am. I'll never forget 
my, my parents remind me about this, but when I was five, my first day of kindergarten, I came home and my mom and dad said, said, honey, how was school? And I said, mom, you know, the kids in my class are so immature. I said this at five. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not normal. There's something drastically wrong with me. I don't know what it is. And, 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 and I have huge blind spots. I mean, just like when you asked me about the recovery, like I didn't even know that was a thing. There's so many, I have so many blind spots because, you know, we all judge ourselves by ourselves. And then, you know, other people's normal is not always ours. And so we don't know that. I'll tell you some other stuff when we get off here, but that's pretty good, but I don't want it on your podcast. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, I know people who are um, bodybuilders and like for them, like they're kind of, kind of like normal weight will be about 10 or 12% body fat. And then they spend like three or four weeks essentially starving themselves. And then they get it down to like, you know, kind of where you are, like all the time, but it about kills them to do it. Um, it's remarkable that you can just walk around like this and that you don't, <laughs> the heat, the heat thing, that, that's the other thing. So like bodybuilder gets down before competition, they're down to that, like, you know, like 3% body fat, they're freezing, right? These are like, you know, big beefy guys or girls, but they get really cold because they, they need the, the fat to insulate, but you're, you don't have that. <laughs> you're like you're like a furnace. Yeah, even, like I'm yeah. just doing that. I'm just I'm hot right now, just sitting here. Like I want a fan blowing on me. I have fans in my dental office that blow just on me. I had them installed so that I don't have to freeze out my assistant. I can get like a lot of cool air on me. Wow. What do you make the patients wear? They get like a down. Coat oh my gosh, my patients are so they're so well trained, they come with parkas on. <laughs> and then we cover them in blanket. I'm not lying. Then we ask any of my patients, then we cover them in blankets. And then we put like a protective waterproof thing over them. But my patients literally come to the dental office, like people will come in the summertime and they're walking to my office with a parka and people laugh and go, I know how cold it's going to be. Wow. Uh, uh, do we have pictures of this? Do we have, I, I mean, I, I I need to see like a photograph of somebody like in their, their like Arctic outfit, like, and you doing dentistry. This is the craziest thing. You know, have you ever been to the Jay Leno show? No. Okay. Jay is like me. When you go there, his whole team wears ski clothes to work. Wow. They keep the studio ice cold. Like wow. ice cold. Wow. Do you, do you know who Vim Hoff is? No. Oh, so he's the ice guy, right? So he like goes out and like, you know, he goes to like Antarctica and just like in a pair of swim trunks and like hangs out for like a half hour, an hour. He's, he does the ice bath thing for like an yeah. hour. And I'm not into and that. Like, I don't like the ice bath. That's a right. little for me, but whatever. It, it strikes me that like, should you um, decide to do something like that, you'd be really good at it. Um, wow. Um, I'm just, um, so I wanted to talk about dentistry, but this is more interesting. 
We could talk about dentistry. We could talk about leap. I mean, we could talk about whatever you want to talk about. So, um, wow. I, I feel like, oh, geez, uh, you completely blown my mind to the point I can't even really think about teeth anymore. Um, so, you know, when people come to you, so you've been, um, we've been practicing for like a long time, right? 30 years, 40 years? 38. 38 years, right on. Um, and I mean, have you seen any trends over the years? Do people, you know, is there something, is, is there like sort of a fashion vogue with, with dentistry? I don't know. Um, a fashion vogue, I mean, I would say over time as our materials got better and better, we were able to make smiles aesthetically much more natural than we could back in the day. You know, when I was in dental school, porcelain veneers hadn't even been invented yet. You know, that's now the lion's share of what I do in dentistry. And the first veneers, you know, as good as they were, they don't hold a candle to what we do today. You know, the goal now as a cosmetic dentist is really to be able to create a smile that looks like you were born with that smile, not that you had that smile. I think for a while people were getting their teeth a little too white or too big and things like that. Um, but what we do is we really focus today on giving patients a very natural, lifelike you know, smile. Now, at the other side of it, you have to say, you know, when a patient comes into me and they want teeth that are too white for what I would consider their age or whatnot, am I going to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I always give a patient my opinion. My favorite cases are when you just come in and say, hey, doc, make my smile look as good as, as you can. And they give me, you know, free latitude to create and do it. And, and those are the cases I love the most. But there are people that will come in and say, look, <clears throat> I've had yellow teeth my whole life. I've had crooked teeth my whole life. I want them straight. I want them white. And I don't care if they're too white. Like, I don't care if they look unnaturally white. That's what I want. And, you know, I try to persuade them not to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to remember that there's a person and a psyche attached to the tooth. And if somebody's coming in doing elective cosmetic dentistry, you know, I need to be able to give them what they're coming for. And one of the reasons why my practice, I think, has become as successful as it has in cosmetic dentistry is that, first of all, I'm the only dentist in LA who has my own lab right in my office with my own custom lab technician. So in other words, if you, the hardest thing in dentistry is to replace one front tooth. Two front teeth is easier, or the whole front. But if I have to just match your one front tooth because it broke next to another, that's incredibly challenging. Most dentists can't do it in LA. I have my own lab technician right there. So she will literally sit in the chair right there and custom paint on the exact stains that we need to make the two teeth match perfectly. And then she'll put it in an oven and fire it so it becomes permanent. And so that's a, a really hard thing to do. The other thing that I do when I do cosmetic dentistry 
is, you know, a lot of dentists in the past used to use all these imaging things. That's kind of hokey, to be honest with you, because if, if, if I take a photograph of your smile, David, and then I superimpose Brad Pitt's smile on it, we don't know how that's really going to look in your mouth. You know, it's an image. So what I do is I do what's called a mock-up. So when you come in, we discuss, you know, what you want your teeth to look like. And then I'll physically do that on your teeth. I'll use composite resins and I'll shape them and position them and, and show you exactly what it's going to look like. So if we alter the length or the size or the whatever, and then once you approve that, say, yeah, that's what I want. Then it's easy. I just take an impression of that and I send it to the laboratory and I have them copy it. And the other thing that we do where dentistry, this is a huge advantage that we have over other cosmetic procedures. For instance, if you went to a plastic surgeon and you said, I want to have my nose done. Well, you know, he or she can do whatever they want, but we never know how your body's actually going to heal. You know, they can set it straight it can heal a little crooked. You know, they can do this. With dentistry, it's hard. So like I can show you exactly what I'm going to do. And then when you come in for me to, to put your permanent crowns or veneers or whatever on your teeth, I'll put them in and show you before we put them in permanently. And if you don't like something, boom, I, I have my own lab right there. I can change the color. I can change the shape. I can, I can change it. I'm not going to cement those teeth until you are 100% satisfied with the way they look. And it's completely predictable. And whereas, you know, plastic surgery isn't. So, you know, that gives us the ability to give patients what they're looking for in a predictable way. And I think that that's a very large part of, you know, the reason why we've been as successful as we have been in cosmetic dentistry. I'm I'm wondering. Um, I I was a practicing photographer at a pretty high level for a long time, and um, before there was Photoshop, you know, you would there would be a lot more um, accepting of uh, the way people look, right? And then then Photoshop came in, and everybody wanted to have a a certain level of perfection. And I'm wondering with cosmetic dentistry, that like you have the ability to make absolutely perfect, right? Everything level perfectly symmetrical is it is it advantageous to have the slight imperfection or do you want to go for things that are really the symmetry so it depends on the patient right uh sometimes i use the phrase perfectly imperfect yeah you know so for instance when i do you know victoria's secret models or these young you know beautiful girls they literally want as textbook perfect as you can. They, you know, whereas, you know, more real people, well, they might want a little rotation here or a little this there, a little, you know, to, you know, a lot of times when people come in, there's something they don't like about their smile. So they don't want to necessarily erase that. They want to improve it. So it still looks like them. So for instance, you know, as I'm sitting here talking and I'm looking at your teeth, your teeth uh -oh. look, you know, very level, you know, it looks like, you know, it looks like maybe you grind your teeth a little bit and, you know, <laughs> the edges are pretty, are, are pretty flat. So if we were going to do veneers on you, I wouldn't give you real overly shaped teeth. First of all, that's a very feminine look. 
you're not feminine at all. Um, secondly, it won't look like your mouth, you know? So, you know, I, I, a big part of, you know, being successful in cosmetic dentistry is listening, you know, listen yeah. to your patient, you know, you need to get a very good understanding of what they want. And then, you know, the nice thing about the way we do it is that I show you before, I show you during, and I show you right before we're going to cement everything. And I get your approval at all those phases in order to really deliver what you want. Amazing. Um, I, I had the privilege once of, uh, I spent a couple of days with Dr. Evo Pitongay. And um, Dr. Pitongay is the inventor of plastic surgery. Um, and uh, it, plastic surgery was actually invented to help childhood burn victims. So it was like in the late 50s, early 60s. Like if you were a kid and you had some kind of a burn, you were scarred for life. And so he invented this new process. And then he went on to have a clinic Pitongay down in, in Rio, and they, they do a lot of that work. And, you know, he was saying this... Um, to be careful about the urge for perfection, because especially with what, like, as you were saying with him, with plastic surgery, you, 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 you kind of know where you're going to end up, but you don't really. And, but if you go for like full perfection, it gets, for a normal person anyway, you'd be a little odd. So it's interesting to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, you have quite a life and then you have a bit of a TV presence. I just, in fact, I just saw on Instagram, you with, you with Dolly, Dolly Parton. Yeah. What's up with that, man? Uh, I sang a duet with Dolly Parton. Yeah. yeah my Instagram is fun. Um, if you want to follow me uh, for your listeners, just everything I do on social media is uh, at Dr. Bill Dorfman, D-R-B-I-L-L-D-O-R-F-M-A-N. And um, uh, this was back in 2000. And that was a throwback Thursday post. This was back in 2006. Um, I, I go to the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and they were having a big fundraiser and they got Dolly to come and perform. And so this was right at the time that ABC's Extreme Makeover was a huge hit. And for dentists, this show was a game changer. Why? You're my age, right? We grew up with Marathon Man, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I mean, on and on. Dentistry was never positioned in a very no. positive light. Right. ABC was the first show to actually put dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, on primetime TV in a positive light. You know, mm -hmm. like I got to change these patients' lives, and millions of people got to see that. And for dentists, this was a game changer. I mean, you know, it, it gave people the courage to walk into dental offices and, and not be afraid and, and, and know, like, it increased the dental IQ of our country, like, a thousand times, right? And so for dentists, this was huge. Every single dental practice in this country that did cosmetic dentistry gained from this show. So the AACD called me up and said, Hey doc, you know, and plus I, I lecture a lot. And so, you know, they asked me if I would sing with Dolly and I'm like, I'm like, okay. Um, I said, that'd be awesome. 
And then in my head, I'm like, you can't sing. But I had a patient who swore, his name is Bruce Ekstadt, and he swore that he could teach anybody to sing. So Dolly calls me up and says, uh, well, you know, what do you want to sing? How about Islands in the Stream? I'm like, no, way too hard. I say, I grew up loving James Taylor and Carly Simon. Let's do Mockingbird, shit fun. So I call Bruce up. I'm like, Bruce, I need to do a duet with Dolly Parton. I need you to teach me how to sing this song. Now, my goal was just not to suck, right? <laughs> I didn't expect to ever get good. I just didn't want to embarrass myself. So I worked with Bruce for a month, right? And it felt okay. So I go down and I had about 10 of my buddies come with me for the sound check. Now, of course, Dolly doesn't do the sound check. She brings, sends a stand in, right? As she should. So I'm doing the sound check and I'm singing with the stand in and my friends in the audience are like, dude, that was really good. I'm like, come on, come on. I'm like, don't lie. No, they're like, no. Like, we didn't expect it to be good. Like, I, I said, my goal was just not to suck. But they're like, no, dude, it's really good. I'm like, all right. So we come out. Um, there was this one bit with Dolly doing jokes about me beforehand, which was hilarious. And um, Dolly and I are backstage. We're all mic'd up. Funny anecdote, <laughs> I'm looking at Dolly, I'm like, Dolly, she's wearing this really tight dress. I'm like, where's your, your sound pack? Cause like, it's like this big nice. thing. Back then yeah. it wasn't, and she points to her head. She goes, it's in my wig. So uh. she had a whole sound pack <laughs> built into the wig and all you saw was this little microphone. <laughs> so we're just about to walk out on the stage and, and Dolly says to, the, to the, 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 the band leader, what key is it in? I don't know keys, but he said, let's say he said C. She goes, that's a little too low. Let's bring it up to, I don't know, A. I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> they changed the key. Right. Now I learned it <laughs> in the original key. I did not have the vocal latitude to switch keys like she did. So I sang it in the key I learned it in. This was not good. <laughs> My key did not blend with her key. And as I start singing, I'm looking at all my buddies that were like giving me the thumbs up earlier and they're kind of making like that sour grape face. And I'm like, oh no. So, I don't, you can listen to it on Instagram. I am, uh, the dancing was way, way better than the singing for sure. Wow. <laughs> um, Dr. Bill, I got to leave you. Um, I can feel like I should do this all day. You're just this remarkable person. I love these stories. Oh my God. Um, wow. That, this has been really fun. Um, I'm going to, um, I, I'm really going to savor this one for a long time. You're a remarkable individual on so many. Oh, you know, before we go, tell me about um, uh, Leap, right? Well, thanks. Uh, yeah. So Leap is a motivational leadership program for high school and college kids aged 15 to 25. Um, ideally, we would do it July 19th to the 25th at UCLA this summer. 
because of coronavirus, I doubt that's going to happen. So we're probably going to do the course as a virtual course this year. But for the last 13 years, we put this program on. The inception of LEAP was this. About 20 years ago, I got asked to come and speak at a program that was a precursor to this at Pepperdine, which was really a program geared at teaching young people how to be successful. And they invited me to come and just talk about my success as a dentist and, the, you know, as the founder of Discus Dental and all this. And, um, you know, I did it. And then, you know, I did that for several years. And then the founder passed away. He was in his mid-80s and he passed away. And, you know, it, it was really, there was really a void, you know. I, I really felt like, you know, this program needed to exist. So I called his business partner, who's a guy our age, and we resurrected it. We made it a nonprofit, and we've been at UCLA for the last 12 years. Ironically, this would be our 13th year. Now, maybe this is a 13-year bad luck thing, but um, we usually get about 400 students there every summer, and we teach them skills they need to be successful in life that they don't learn in school. We teach them networking. We teach them public speaking. We teach them etiquette. We teach them time management, money management. I teach them how to apply for a job, how to write a resume. You know, we run a high school program and a college program concurrently. So the high school program helps them get into college. The college program prepares them for life. And it's phenomenal. Um, I, I mean, I can go on and on and on. If you want more information, just go to www.leapfoundation.com. And, you know, you can get as much information as you want. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully this summer we'll be able to, to do a program. If it has to be virtual, it'll be virtual, but we will do something this summer. And, uh, you know, it, 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 the thing about LEAF is this program really changes kids' lives. It gives them the skills. You know, it's the old thing, like, do you give them fish or a fishing pole? This is giving them a fishing pole. It gives them the skills that they need that I've seen in successful person after successful person after successful person. It gives them the skills they need to become successful and it works. And it's really a beautiful thing. And you know, do you, do you live in the LA area normally? Yeah, I live in downtown LA. Yeah, I mean, I would love to have you participate, you know, when- I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm when in. we get Absolutely. back. The program culminates on Friday with something we call a mentor workshop, where I have a hundred different professionals sitting at different tables and the students will know who you are before you come in. And they just sit there and they ask questions about your profession and, you know, what, you know, what your challenges were and how you overcame them and what you love about your job, what you don't love about you. It, it, it's literally one of the most phenomenal weeks every year for me of my life. And I'm so sad that this virus is, is killing that too. But, um, but, you know, we'll be back in 2021 and, um, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I'm, I'm happy to help. I would love to participate. That sounds beautiful. Um, if you need any help publicizing it or, or anything else, um, please let me know. We love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, the best thing is for people that have, you know, if you have an audience of students, tell them about it, or of parents who have, you know, kids that are age 15 to 25, tell them to check it out. And, um, you know, I would say 99% of the kids that come to the program will tell you 
this was their favorite week of the year every year. And I'll tell you why it works. I'll tell you why this works. I have three daughters, right? If I tell my daughters to do something, probably not going to do it. Now, if you're an expert in something and you tell them to do it, they might do it. But if 10 of their girlfriends tell them to do it, they're going to do it. And that's why Leap works is we put kids in a group with 10 other kids their age. They're with those same 10 kids the whole week and they form a mastermind. And when Leap mm. is done, we're not done with you. We keep these kids in contact with each other throughout the year. Okay, you wore me out. <laughs> I'm gonna take off. I, you're gonna need some recovery, huh? I'm gonna. I gotta get my cryo tank, man. I'm gonna roll around in snow outside or something. I'm talking to you. Um, this has really been beautiful. Um, I thank you so much for your generous time today. I really appreciate it. you. Are an inspirational human. We're, we're not quite sure you're human. You're an inspirational being. Something being. You're an inspirational alien. being. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Doctor Bill. You're great. All right. Thanks, David. Wow, that was amazing. Dr. Bill, one of a kind. Love this guy. <laughs> so, hey, if you like the show today, please hit the like button. Subscribe because we've got so much good stuff coming up that you don't want to miss. And if you, if you want to hear about something specific, you want me to ask a guest some specific question, you, you can. Just hit me up, david at superage.com. Everybody, have a terrific rest of the week. Hope to see you next week. Let's super this thing.